Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Just, it is just a reminder that this is kind of our soft launch. Um, so invite your friends on December 2nd. Give us a few weeks to figure out some of our uh, sound issues and things like that. But I think that everything came together pretty well. So I'm pretty excited about where we're at today. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, I do have one announcement. It's just to give an update on our chair fund. All right, so uh, again, just a reminder, all of the, the sound equipment, speakers, and everything that we needed uh, came out of your faithfulness and giving over the last several months. So we had plenty of extra to be able to use to buy all of those things, but uh, we didn't have enough set aside to buy chairs. So thankfully, we have all of these chairs that were part of the building here, so we can use these now. Um, but we do have some other chairs that we would like to purchase that uh, fit a little bit better in this space, and they're about $50 a chair. So if you would, we would love it if you would help us to buy those chairs. I think we have we're up to 82 chairs or so. Uh, we're trying to get around 175 chairs. So uh, if you guys could give towards that, you just go online, choose the building fund, or you can mark that in an envelope in the back. And as soon as we get enough money uh, for those chairs, we'll put in the order for them. And it will take, I think, four to six weeks before we get them in. So we're going to have these for a little while. Um, but I'm looking forward to moving uh, into some, some a little bit more comfortable chairs. So... Uh, Let me pray for the offering, and then we'll get started. So God, we come to you, and thank you for uh, being in this place, God. It's such a blessing to be here today. And we thank you for the the finances that have been provided to get us to where we're at today. Um, So Lord, I pray for everyone who is sacrificing by putting money in the offering box or giving online, God. I pray that you bless them for their generosity and uh, just return it, Father, you know, tenfold. And I also pray, God, that you would give our leadership team just wisdom to know how to best utilize your funds to further your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, to start out our message, I have a few images I want to talk about. So here's the first one. So this is uh, was on. (laughs) Yeah, I know you can kind of see it. It was on like a handout. So this guy's name was Chris P. Bacon. Can you imagine having a name like that? You know, growing up, hey, my name is Chris Bacon. P, Chris P. Bacon. All right, well, here's another one. I like this one too. This guy was arrested. His name was Donald Duck. I don't know if that was really his name, but he aged pretty poorly is what I think Donald did. So anyway, here's another name that I thought was kind of funny. Christian Guy. He didn't really have a choice in life, did he? You know, he was going to be a Christian guy. It's very much like this next guy. His name is Bud Light. I don't think he had much choice of his destiny in life. And then uh, my favorite, though, is this last one. This is Lieutenant Les McBurney. He's a firefighter. That's the best name ever, isn't it, for a firefighter? Les McBurney. If you don't get it, just ask someone afterwards. They'll explain it to you. So names. We're going to talk about names for a little bit because names are super important. 
In fact, in the Bible, names are uh, very, very important. And there were times when a person's name was actually changed to represent their destiny, to represent something more meaningful. So first of all, I want to talk about a character in Genesis, the book of Genesis, named Abram. And I'm going to read this scripture out of Genesis chapter 17. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now at that time, Abram didn't have any children, and he was 99 years old, and God was giving him a new destiny and giving him a new name. So it went from Abram, which meant high father, to Abraham, which means father of many. So Abraham's new name better reflected his new identity. Now, there's another example in the New Testament of one of Jesus' disciples. This comes from Matthew chapter 16. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my, by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So he was going by Simon before this conversation, which means he has heard, which is, kind of makes sense because he had heard from God that Jesus was the Son of God. But then Jesus kind of renames him to Peter, which means stone or rock. And it was going to be a rock within the church. So Jesus' new name for Peter described his new identity. Now, there's one more example in the New Testament that I want to point out. His name was Saul. You know, Saul was in the New Testament, and he went by Saul quite a bit. But then he found Jesus, became a Christian, and he self-renamed himself to Paul. Now, Saul means asked for or prayed for, and Saul was actually a name of a king in the Old Testament, a Hebrew king, and so it kind of meant royalty. But he started going by Paul, which means small and humble. And that was kind of Paul's approach to ministry when he was writing most of the New Testament was from a point of humility. Ephesians chapter 3, this is one of the letters that he wrote, verses 7 and 8, he says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. So names are important. Names are important. They can reflect our destiny. They can reflect our purpose. And it's especially true when it comes to churches and giving a name to a church. So when we were beginning the planning for this church, we had to come up with a name. When you're filing for a 501c3 and doing all of the things that you need to do, we had to come up with a name. So it's very early on in the process, earlier this year. And we knew that we felt called to start this church in Elkhart and to make an impact in Elkhart and Elkhart County. So we thought about naming this church Elkhart Vineyard Church because um, we want to be a vineyard and it was in the town of Elkhart. But as we prayed about that and thought about that even more, we decided that Elkhart needs more than one vineyard church. So we didn't want to be 
the only vineyard church, you know, in Elkhart in the years to come. So we decided we can't call it Elkhart Vineyard. But we did read an article along the way that said that Elkhart was recently rated the most dangerous place to live in the state of Indiana. And uh, recognizing that Elkhart can be a really dark place. So uh, our calling was to bring the light of Christ into Elkhart. So we wanted to shine a light into this area and this county. And uh, so obviously it kind of reminded us of lighthouses. We thought about lighthouses. I've always loved lighthouses. Here's a definition that I found of them. It says a lighthouse is a tower building or other type of structure designed to emit light from a system of lamps and lenses and to serve as a navigational aid for maritime pilots at sea or on inland waterways. Lighthouses mark dangerous coastlines, hazardous shoals, reefs, and safe entries to harbors. They also assist in aerial navigation. So lighthouses, lighthouses shine a light to aid and assist by giving direction and sharing warnings. I really like that because that's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. I want to be a church that shines a light into darkness. I want to be a church that gives aid and assistance to those in need. And I want to be a church that shares direction and warnings through the truth of Scripture. Now, the reality is it's more than just a calling for a church. That's a calling for each one of us as well. We are all called to shine. Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And then Daniel 12, 3 says, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Love that. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the, in the Lord. Live as children of light. So that's our calling as individuals, is to live as light, to shine a light. So we made this part of our church's mission statement. Our church's mission statement is to love God, to love people, and to shine Jesus. So first, we need to focus on loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then out of the overflow of that, we should be able to love our neighbor as ourselves. And it's when we're loving God and loving people that we shine the brightest, you know, into our communities and show the love of Christ. So shining a light, like a lighthouse. That's how we came up with the name Lighthouse Vineyard Church. And by the way, we have a new logo. This is in draft form, but that's what it's looking like. We're real close to finalizing that. So... Uh, it's what our church really, I really want it to look like, is like a lighthouse, shining a light. So today's scripture describes uh, what it means to shine a light. It's in the, the book of Matthew, and you can turn there if you would like. It's the first book of the New Testament. Uh, feel free to use your smartphones. We'll also have the scripture up on the screen. But in this section of scripture, Jesus is preaching what's recorded as his first sermon and it was called Sermon of the Mount. It's chapters 5, 6, and 7. And I would encourage you this week as kind of an assignment is to go back and read chapters 5, 6, and 7 because in that sermon, Jesus is really describing what it means to be a follower of Christ. So we're going to be starting in chapter 5, verse 13. 
Verse 14, I believe. So let me read this. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So today's message is titled Lighthouse Vineyard Church, Living Out Our Namesake. And we're going to talk about what that means to live out our life like a lighthouse. But let me pray and I'll give you a couple of points. So Father, we come to you and we thank you for everyone that is here today. And Lord, we thank you for your scripture that speaks so deeply into our hearts. And I pray that you would reveal that into our minds as well today. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words to speak and uh, we invite your Holy Spirit to minister to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so you can write this down on your handout if you would like. I'll give you three points. Lighthouse living includes, number one, shining bright. All right, shining bright. It says in Matthew chapter five, it says, you are the light of the world. <clears throat> a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So if you're gonna light a light to shine into the house, you're not gonna put it on a bowl, right? You're not gonna stick it over in a corner. I mean, you're gonna raise it up and you're gonna hold it out, gonna set it up somewhere high so that everyone can see, so that the light would shine everywhere. We want the light to shine bright. That's the whole purpose of it. Now, going back to the lighthouses, I always thought that a lighthouse had like a candle. Did anyone ever think that, like the early lighthouses? Am I the only one? I thought it was like a candle with a mirror and it just like shined out. That's not been the case. In fact, the earliest lighthouses were, well, they weren't houses at all. They were big bonfires is what they would do. They would just build these, you know, har, 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 you know like the eye of fire kind of <laughs> things. That's what they did. Um, but now they've gotten more sophisticated. So this is what I found. Lighthouses don't just use a bulb. They use a reflector and a large stepped lens called a Fresnel lens to use as much of the lamp output as possible and beam it in the wanted direction. Okay, any high schoolers, you guys learned this in physics, right? Or chemistry or something? Fresnel lens, anybody? No? I don't know, it sounds familiar. Yeah, maybe. You remember that? I don't. It sounds familiar. I don't remember it. Anyway, its whole idea is to magnify the light and to shine it, right? So modern day lighthouses, they have 1 million candle power lights. That's how bright they are, 1 million. And to give you perspective, a 100 watt light bulb is 100 candle lights. So that's how much brighter a lighthouse is. So let's think about that. So spiritually, we are supposed to shine our light brightly. It means that we can't hide our faith. Now, we can't even just like light one little candle. And we're talking about shining bright. Can't put it under a bowl. I'll give you an example um, that I've seen just in the last couple of years. My daughter, Rebecca, goes to Elkhart Christian Academy and plays on the volleyball team there. And after every volleyball game, whether they're playing a Christian school or they're playing a public school, the girls, whether they win or lose, whether it was a hard-fought match or not, the girls from Elkhart Christian 
whether it's home or away, will go out to the other team as they're picking up their water bottles and their clothes and they're getting ready to leave. And they'll say, hey, would you come out here and pray with us? Every time. And they'll get all the girls to come out into a large, big circle. And they'll make sure that Elkhart Christian girls are like every other girl, you know, with these girls. And they'll hold hands in the middle of this big circle. And one of the players will say a prayer, just thanking God that nobody got hurt and that kind of a thing. And then they, they go. I think that is the coolest thing. I never saw anything like that when I was in high school. And of course, today, you don't see things like that at all, other than being sued, you know, in the public news or something like that. But it's so cool that they do that every time. And that has to be hard to do that, you know? But those girls never say no. They just, they go out there and they do it every time. And I'll tell you, standing in the stands, I'm just a proud father every single time. But I will tell you, when I see things like that, and when I read scripture like this, I have a question that I ask myself, you know, it comes to play. And I want you guys to, to ask yourself this too, is how bright is my light? How bright is my light? Because I can tell you, mine can be brighter. You know, I, I'm a pastor, right? Well, you think that is easy. No, it's not. You know, when I'm out at Panera or I'm out at Meyer or I'm out at Walmart, you know, I'm just like everybody else, right? Nobody knows the difference. And my light sometimes isn't very bright. So how bright is yours? Are we sharing our faith? Do people even know that we are Christians, that we are Christ followers? Do they know that we go to church on the weekends? Now, I'm not saying that you have to throw away all your clothes and buy all that Jesus wear and you know, wear those kind of t-shirts all the time. But is there anything that indicates that you're a follower of Christ in your life? If they see what you wear, if they see how you talk, if they see the car you drive, you know, your signature on your email, whatever, is there anything that would indicate that you are a follower of Christ? Because we are called to shine bright, guys. We are called to shine bright. I think that Jesus would want each one of you to be known as a follower of Christ. Because you're good people. I know most of you, not everyone. There's probably a few that aren't so good. But anyway, I know most of you, you're good people. And I'm guessing that Jesus wants you to be shining a light into the communities because he's changed you. He's put things into your life. He's made you who you are. You have moral fiber. And he wants people to know it's because of him. It's not just because you're a good person. Because I don't know about you, but if I didn't have Jesus in my life, you probably wouldn't like me very much. Because I'm not that good of a person on my own. But it's because Christ came into my life and changed me and made me who I am today. He wants people to know that. So we need to shine brightly for him. We need to be known not as just a good person, which is important, but we need to be known why we are good people. One of the ways that we can do that, by the way, is to offer to pray for people. I've done that many times, and it, and it, it changes, things right, changes things right away. They all of a sudden know that there's something different about you if you ask to pray for them. But the people that I've talked to in this world, I mean... 
There are many people who are just a mess right now. I mean, when you live the lifestyle that the world has to offer, I mean, it is tearing people up. It's tearing up families. It's tearing people up physically, emotionally. I mean, people are hurting today. You don't have to go very far to find somebody who is going through something and is in pain. And that's our opportunity. I mean, almost every day, we have an opportunity to say, oh, I heard about that. Can I pray for you? And offer that. So that's an easy way. And it doesn't have to be some formal prayer. Just say, God, will you help them? Will you help them? And I've done this several times. And I tell you, I cannot remember a time when I've asked a a total stranger to pray for them that they've said no. Most of the time, they're going to say, yeah. And they really appreciate it. Another thing that you can do is you can invite them to come to church with you. You know, we have our grand opening coming up on December 2nd. So that's a great day to invite them to come. We'll still work out the kinks between now and then. Um, But invite them to come to our grand opening. Because not only does that let them know that you are a follower of Christ, that you go to church, but it also is giving them an opportunity to come and hear the truth of the gospel. So shining bright is something we each need to do. Now, as a church, we're going to try to shine bright. I mean, we're in a new location right on a busy street, which is super cool. And uh, we have an opportunity to put some signage up. And we're going to do some of this, um, but we haven't got it all figured out. So just stay tuned as we figure out how, as a church, to shine bright. So Lighthouse Living includes shining bright. That's point number one. Number two, Lighthouse Living includes shining broad. What I mean is just shining to everyone, shining broad. Matthew 5.14 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So to shine our light, it includes shining out to the world, to everyone. It's not just our friends, not just the people that we like. Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. So to shine our light, we need to go beyond just our friends. It includes everyone. So who do you have in your life that you don't like very well? Does anyone have one of those people? Yeah. Do you want to just say who it is, Todd? No. <laughs> no, we all have those people in our lives that are, are tough to love, you know? But those may be the people that God is calling you to shine a light to. Now, because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, as Christians, we're supposed to love our enemies, right? In the world, you know, non-Christians, they're not taught to love their enemies, you know? And so if somebody is just tough to love, all the non-Christians are probably not loving them, you know? So they're, they're probably getting it back, right? We as Christians are called to be different. So maybe it's an opportunity for us to show them something different. You know, shining broadly, that's what we need to do. You know, the people that are tough to love, the neighbor who is tough to love, you know, that coworker who is always talking bad about you, you know, those people. Um, now, as a church, we're trying to love everyone. We're trying to go beyond just the city of Elkhart. Um, so we're, we're actually sending a team to Costa Rica. I have a picture of of about 15 people who are going to be going to Costa Rica. 
And um, we're super excited about that. We're going to be loving broad, you know, around the world. And we're also going to be trying to love broad locally in Elkhart and beyond. Um, and by the way, if you want to help those 15 people love broadly, uh, they're all raising money towards their trip. And you can, you can help them financially. Just talk to them about that. And it would be helpful to them. So Lighthouse Living includes shining broad to everyone. Uh, and then the last point, Lighthouse Living includes shining well. Shining well. So I have this funny transcript that I want to read. So this is a transcript of an actual radio conversation between a U.S. naval ship and Canadian authorities off the coast of Newfoundland in October 1995. The radio conversation was released by the Chief of Naval Operations on October 10, 1995. But the U.S. ship says, please divert your course 0.5 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. The Canadians reply, recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. U.S. ship says, this is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. Canadians reply, no, I say again, you divert your course. U.S. ship says, this is the aircraft carrier USS Coral Sea. We are a large warship of the U.S. Navy. Divert, divert your course now. The Canadians reply, this is a lighthouse. Your call. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I love that. I, but I read that because the lighthouse was doing its job well, right? It was shining bright. It was sending out warnings. It was doing its job well to warn the carrier of the dangerous waters up ahead. So lighthouse living includes shining well. So how do we, as followers of Christ, shine well? So let's go back to our scripture. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's about good deeds, guys. It's about good deeds. One of the best ways that we can shine Jesus is by doing good things for other people. There's a scripture in James that speaks to this as well. James chapter 2 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And then skipping down to verse 26, it says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So that's a calling for each one of us, is to do our faith. You know, not just live within it, you know, live our faith, but to actually do actions, have there be some outward appearance of our faith. So 11 days ago, we got possession of this building, 
all right? And uh, the people who were in here before did a great job of maintaining the building. But it was a Lutheran church, which is very much different than a, a vineyard church, very liturgical. And if you guys remember, this is what it looked like. I had posted some pictures on social media. So just the auditorium itself. It was well done, well kept, but we had to go through a lot of transformation to bring it to what we would consider a more vineyard type look and feel. So um, we had a lot of people putting in a lot of time <laughs> over the last 10 days to make this happen. And if you guys would stand, everyone who came here and helped clean and build stage and lights and all that, go ahead, stand up. I just wanna thank you guys for your help. You know, you guys can sit down. But that was one example of good deeds, guys. I mean, just one example, because I know that you, you do get to benefit by being part of this church, but we didn't move into this church just for our own benefit. You know, we wanted to um, clean up the church and clean up children's ministry and, and paint and do those things for the good of the community around us. So that's one of the ways that we can do deeds is to sacrifice time and energy into things like that. Uh, cleaning up the church was one of those examples of doing good deeds. When you financially give to the church, you know, sacrificially giving money away and trusting that God will do something with it, that's doing good deeds. When you serve on a team here at the church, and as we mentioned, we have three new teams. We love to have you guys consider signing up for that. That's doing good deeds. Now, we're going to have plenty of opportunity to shovel snow here, it sounds like, pretty soon. Um, but you can shovel your neighbor's driveway. You know, I have, I've had people come over and do my driveway, and we have a snow blower, you know, and don't need it. But I'll tell you what, it saved me, you know, 45 minutes, and I loved it. You know, so even the person next door who is self-sufficient, we can go over and give a hand, let alone the person, maybe an elderly person that lives nearby where they struggle. We can help them this winter by doing some good deeds next door. When you stop along the side of the road because you see a car, you know, pulled over, that's doing good deeds. I mean, I know most of us, we're driving because we have somewhere to go, right? I mean, that's the whole idea of driving. We don't just drive out and drive around circles. And I tell you, I'm always busy when it comes to seeing someone on the side of the roads. But I'll tell you, there's been several times where God has said, I need you to stop. I'm like, I, gotta, <laughs> I need you to stop. And most of the time, that's not like when I'm driving up. I like argue for the next mile, you know? And so I end up doing a, a turnaround, you know, and coming back and I get to the car and almost every time they say, no, I'm good, I'm good. I, I got someone coming, I called them and I'm like, all right, that's fine. And I drive away and I go, God, why'd you? <laughs> but, but I believe it's about obedience, about being willing to help. Because you know that one time when someone is really in need and you're the one that stops, you get to share the love of Christ by what you do, by what you do. Now, as a church, we mentioned this earlier, we set aside 10% of all our funds uh, for outreach and missions. And uh, we've been really busy getting to this point where we're at today. But I am excited about the future of the church because I want to be a church that does a lot of outreach. 
you know, that we get a chance to go out as a church and impact our community. So that's going to be happening. Uh, we already, like we talked about going to Costa Rica in February, but I'm hopeful that we'll be able to take a team to Africa either at the end of next year or early the, in the year after that. So Shining Well as a church is going to be doing good deeds, you know, together uh, in our outreach events and, and missions. But more importantly than that, I don't want to be known Really, I don't want to be known as, oh, Lighthouse Vineyard Church, they do outreach, you know, they do good things. That's good. I think we should, should do that. But what's more important to me would be to have people say, oh, I know some people that go to that church. They're always doing good, good things. They're helping me. They do this. They do that. They help shovel my drive. You know, I want to be a church of people who do good deeds. I don't want to be a a church that does good deeds. Does it make sense, the difference there? I don't want the church necessarily to be the name out there. I want Christ to be the name, and this is where we gather. Each one of you out there making a difference in your town, in your school, in your job, you know, in your homes. Some of you, you live with people that are far from Christ. Doing good deeds is going to make a difference there as well. Because I, I really do, I firmly believe that when we as individuals go out and make a difference in our areas of influence by doing tons and tons of good deeds, and we become known for that, I don't think that this building will be large enough. Because people will want, they will be drawn to that. Not the church, but you, to the individuals, as you make a difference in the community. So that's Lighthouse Living. Number, number three is it includes shining well. I'm going to invite Krista to come on back up here. We're going to be singing one more song. Um, and I would like you, there were you know, several different points there where God may have been speaking to you. Whatever that was, I would like you just to be listening to what God may be wanting to say to you while we sing this song. Let the Holy Spirit just kind of speak to you individually about an area in your life that he might be convicting you of, or he might be wanting to just tell you, thank you, you're doing a great job in this other area. Okay, so let's all just go ahead and stand up. I'm going to pray, and then we'll sing one final song. So God, we pray that Lighthouse Vineyard Church would be known as a place where you reside. But even more so, God, I pray that we would be known as a church of people who are giving up, sacrificing our time, our energy, our money to serve you and to serve the people around us, God. So I pray that you would change each one of us, myself included, today, God, so that I, I reflect you a little bit better when I leave here today. So, Lord, we invite you, as we sing this final song, to speak into our hearts, Lord. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.